Welcome to Element, the student ministry of Third City Christian Church. To find out more, go to thirdcitychristian.org backslash students. There's something that I just, I don't appreciate if there's an overconfident or, or cocky athlete that doesn't know how to celebrate success appropriately. Anybody with me on that? Any of you annoyed with the one? So I remember, I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan, and yeah, yeah, you guys hate now, but man, being a Cowboys fan in the 90s, woo, it was awesome. So I remember this one, this one year, uh, Dallas Cowboys were playing the, man, I can't remember if it was the Buffalo Bills or if it was Miami Dolphins, but there was a big old defensive lineman that picked up a fumble and was running it in, started celebrating. You ever see those guys that start celebrating early? Dude, if you weigh 300 pounds, you should never start celebrating early because this dude started celebrating and he was like strutting like this and this receiver was chasing him down, knocked the ball out of his hands and he kicked it out of the back of the end zone and the result of that play, I'm pretty sure he kicked it out of the back of the end zone and it was a safety. So instead of being a touchdown for his team, it was two points for the other team and they got the ball. Little ridiculous, but... You guys don't remember that because many of you were not even born yet. So I have some great clips that we're getting ready to watch with some people. If you guys enjoy Celebration Fails, this is a wonderful compilation. Check this out. One lap of racing to go and Tuplik is sprinting flat out now to try and keep these Belgians at bay. Oh, no. He thinks he's won. No, no, no. No, it's one lap to go. Now, I don't know if you can hear the commentator. That dude, that dude on the left, he, he doesn't know there's a whole nother lap. Taking the L, man. Taking the L. There's a moral to this story. Yeah, it looked like a coronation for Tanche Pepio. He's getting no. the He wants the crowd to cheer his performance. And at the end, he gets pipped. He gets pipped by Marin Simon of Washington. And you just can't do this kind of stuff, Lewis. You can't. And you, know, you see his huh. face. And you don't know, right? have to say anything. They don't have to explain it to uh, you. At least there's some good sportsmanship to go with that one. There's some good sportsmanship with that one. Look at this. You see his eyes? Too soon, bro. Too soon. <laughs> Dude. Parker, you took that thing to 11, man. Where are you at? This is all I said to Parker. I go, I go, hey, I got a YouTube video, and and he did this. I don't know how long it took him. He did a great job on that, but it was. I go, hey, I got a video I want to show tonight. Can you just rip it off YouTube and play it? And then, of course, in Parker fashion, great job, buddy. Great job. I don't know if you guys have ever been in a situation where you had to risk the thought of success ruining you, because success really can ruin a person. Uh, Abraham Lincoln said it this way. I'm probably going to get this quote incorrect. He said, most people can make it through adversity, but if you want to test the character of someone, give them power or give them success. 
And um, what we're going to talk about tonight, we are wrapping up this series on the gap, this story of Nehemiah's journal, of him making it through a massive building project, one that was something that it was likely he could not take care of this on his own. And he was watching God step in time after time after time. God was stepping in and taking care of things where Nehemiah likely couldn't do anything at all. And so what had happened with this success is there could have been a temptation of Nehemiah getting arrogant. Nehemiah consistently, though, chose humility. He chose to, whoa, what was that? Is Ryan in rare form tonight, Reed? Is Ryan in rare form tonight? Okay, you got it. Thanks for loving our friend, Ryan. All right. Hey, so, so but here's what else was happening. So Nehemiah was not allowing success to ruin him, but the other people that were responsible for rebuilding this wall, you guys, they were absolutely allowing success to ruin them. Because here's what had happened. Different portions of the wall were getting finished at different set periods of time based on how people were able to take care of things. And there was a famine going on. So there was a famine going on in the land, which means people were short on money, people were short on food, people were short on resources. And so some of the more wealthy people were finishing their portion of the wall. Some of the less wealthy people were like in, on the struggle bus trying to get done. And this is what was happening. Listen to this. You're, this will make you angry. These wealthy people were actually lending with ridiculous interest to these poor people the resources to finish their wall. So it was like, it'd be like me taking advantage of my family members when they're in a rough situation to help them finish something that is needing to get done. And this fired Nehemiah up. It was almost like he was saying, look, do you not realize where we have been and what we have been trying to accomplish here? And you are taking advantage of the people that are a part of your family in the process of getting this done. Why would you do that? And he called everybody together and he said, look what you're doing. We just got everybody back out of slavery. And what are you doing? You're sending them back into slavery because in that time and day when you borrowed money, this is the good news for you guys. If your parents borrowed money, they were basically committing you to a life of slavery. They were going, that was their collateral. They're like, oh, you want to borrow money? What do you have? I got two sons and a daughter. They're like, all right, we'll give you this amount. Crazy, right? And what, what is more crazy, it was the wealthy part of this city that was taking advantage of these other parts of the city. And Nehemiah steps in and goes, I've had enough. Do not forget where you've come from. Do not forget what we have been through. Because evidently, those people had allowed success to ruin them. And in addition to this, after the wall was completed, they completed it in a very short period of time. They had an elaborate ceremony. And what they did during the ceremony is they had a reading of Scripture, and it was basically a recommitment of the entire people. We're saying, God, we are going to be your people again. We have, we have recognized your provision here. We have seen you act. We have seen you move. We want to be a part of you again, and we want to invite you in to be the God of our world. 
And they had this, these ceremonies that lasted days upon days with feasts and, and public reading of scripture. And everybody was like super emotional and committed to it. And in the very last part of Nehemiah, what we see right away is God's people walking away from him again. Insane. It's like the same story, you guys, over and over and over again through Scripture as we see the story of God's people being in need of saving, being in need of a Savior. And God gratefully steps in because you remember what I said? Outside of God's window, the brokenness that he sees is his people, humanity, the people that he loves. As he looks out his window, he sees us and he moves towards the brokenness. And that's exactly what God did through Nehemiah's leadership. And then right away, people started going back to ignoring who God was and going, you know what, prioritizing God in our lives really isn't that important. We can make a go of this on our own. We don't really need God. And I want to read for you this. This is incredible. Uh, one of Nehemiah's responses, because when you guys hear that, in your head you're going, that's crazy. Why would they do that? They've seen God's provision. They've seen him move. Get, get what Nehemiah did, because sometimes, sometimes I want to do this. He said this. He said, moreover, in those days, I saw the men of Judah who had married foreign women, which this isn't an issue with like interracial marriage. The nation of Israel was marrying like, like pagan women that were bringing in false gods and false beliefs. And, and, and they were like giving their daughters off to be married to these people. They were doing this. And it said, half of their children spoke the language of Ashdod and, and like all of this, how, so how all this was going on. And he said, I rebuke them. I called down curses on them. This is Nehemiah. And this is my favorite part because sometimes I want to do this to you guys. And some of, some of you guys have actually like experienced this for me. He said, I beat, I beat some of the men and I pulled out their hair. Nehemiah was a tough dude. Like, you guys, I think you guys picture these people of the Bible in these like white gowns and like proper hair. Can you see Nehemiah just being irate? And he'd like come down and when he'd see you jacking around and seeing, seeing the lights on your cell phones glowing up from your laps, he'd grab you by the back of the neck and just start going, would you please pay attention? Something more is at stake. Man, I'm telling you, sometimes we want to do that because listen, something more is at stake. You cannot let success ruin you. And I want to say it this way. You cannot let your comfort and maybe the fact that, that you don't have needs, maybe, you can't let that ruin you. Because sometimes if we don't necessarily look down and see that, that we have needs that aren't being met, it causes us to look around and go, yeah, I'm better than the rest of the people around here. I'm not in need of a savior. What are you talking about? I need Jesus. That doesn't make any sense to me. Sometimes we get that way. And I'm telling you, students, sometimes I want to jump out and grab you by the ears and look at you 
and go, look at me. You cannot forget your brokenness. Because some of you don't even recognize the brokenness that exists in your life. Some of you think life is just going perfect and as long as I keep it on cruise control, no one knows what I'm doing when I'm home alone. Nobody knows what I'm doing on weekends. No one knows what I'm doing with my boyfriend or my girlfriend. Nobody knows what I'm doing in secret. I've got it on cruise control. I don't need a savior and I wanna grab you by the ears and go, look, your life is broken. Don't you see the brokenness? Some of you need to hear that. And some of you, like the people in in Jerusalem who had completed their walls, sometimes you need to be reminded how broken your wall once was because what Nehemiah said to those guys is is basically, look, say, look, don't, don't you see the brokenness outside your home that you had to repair? They're still dealing with theirs. Instead of taking advantage of them, instead of walking by them and going, man, why can't they get their lives together? Why don't you step in towards them? And because you remember what it's like to be broken, allow that to bring you to a place of humility, of humbleness. Because when I remember my sinfulness, it makes it very easy for me to be full of grace for you. Some of, absolutely, it's up to you. I won't make you stay, but I want you to stay. You guys know Dante too. That was Dante. Some of you guys, listen, some of you. I'm full of grace for, because guess what? You're brand new. Maybe you've been here a month. Maybe you've been here two weeks. Maybe tonight's your first night, and you're up there going, why is that old guy yelling from stage? I don't get it. And it's because of this. It's because I'm passionate about the hope that you might understand that Jesus Christ wants to walk towards your brokenness, and I am very passionate about that. And listen, the reason I am passionate about that is because every morning when I brush my teeth, I look the brokenness in my life square in the eyes. And I'm reminded of how God stepped into my life and put put the gaps, the walls, back together. How God chose to do that. And when I'm reminded of how much in need I was, it makes those glowing cell phone screens a little bit easier. It It doesn't make it easy but it gives me a little bit of forgiveness and a little bit of grace every time I see those screens. Because I just hope that maybe this is the week that you're gonna hear how much God loves you and how much God wants to to repair the walls and the gaps in your life. So students, tonight, at the end of this series, this is the key of what we're talking about, okay? We're done talking about Nehemiah. But remember, we talked about the windows in your life, right? How outside your windows, you see family members, you see friends. Outside your windows, you see see significant others, you see grandfathers, you see sports teams, you see the gaps in your life because those gaps aren't outside my windows. But what I'm saying to you is this, is that you have to keep the window outside your life open and you have to keep looking outside that window 
Because the minute that we stop looking outside that window, we have allowed success to ruin us. The minute that we think that we have arrived and we are complete and we are standing confidently and we don't need, we don't need help anymore, we don't need God anymore, the minute we get to that mindset, success has ruined us. Because if we take a healthy look at how God has repaired the gaps in our own lives, humility will step in. And it's a healthy humility. It's not a humility that says, uh, I'm no good. That's not humility. Humility is simply understanding where your goodness comes from. Humility is understanding that, yes, even though I've made horrible choices, I've separated myself from God, I know that God has chosen to step in on my behalf. And, and students, that is humility. It's understanding that you can't do it on your own. And if I can't do it on my own, I have no problem understanding that when I look at the gaps in the people's lives next to me with humility, I can put an arm around them. And I can look at them and I can go, hey, me too. Some of you want to know the most effective way that you can share the gospel with your friends. Sometimes it's, it's stepping in and putting an arm around them and going, hey, me too. Me too. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. The writer of this letter is writing to a church in a, very, in, a, in a pretty wealthy town, okay? And I would consider Grand Island as honestly a wealthy town when you look at it globally. If you go to bed tonight with a roof over your head, food in your fridge, and a blanket over your body, you're actually in the top 1% of the wealth globally. Did you know that? So I'm going to call Grand Island a fairly wealthy town because most of us are going to have that situation, okay? I know there will be some exceptions in the room, and I'm not overlooking you, but for the most part, we'll call Grand Island a wealthy town. Paul was reminding the church in this town, hey, don't let success ruin you. He said, I don't want you to be ignorant of the fact, brothers, that our forefathers were all under the cloud and they all passed through the sea. He's saying, remember the nation of Israel. He's referring back to the same people group that eventually lived in Jerusalem. He's recalling all the mistakes that they made time after time after time. And listen to what he says about them in verse 11. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 11. He says, these things happened to them. He's talking about them messing up over and over again. These things happened to them as, as examples and were written down as warnings for us on whom the fulfillment of the ages have come. So get this. Listen to Paul right here. So if you think you are standing firm, so if you think that you've made it, you be careful that you don't fall. When you get to the moment that pride steps in and you feel like you've made it, Paul says, you be careful that you don't fall because it's consistently what happens to God's people. So students, I'm not, I'm not telling you to live a perfect life. That's not the purpose of, of this series of The Gap. 
I feel like there's two major parts to this series. And I want to draw your attention to them. The first part is this. What are the gaps that exist in your life? Right? We talked about that. Where is it that you're needing God to step in? Where is it that you feel like your life is out of control, your life is beyond your own repair, and you need a Savior to step in? And then the second thing is this. Two weeks ago, those of you that weren't here, which judging by the full seats was a lot of you, we make commitments to walk towards brokenness that we see. Whether it was on a sports team, in a classroom, maybe the lonely people in your hallways, the overlooked part of your schools, the people that you walk by every day that you're like, ah, oh, they don't cause trouble, but it's obvious they don't have friends. Would you walk towards the gaps? And you guys said, yes, I'm willing to walk towards these specific areas. And you wrote your name down and you put an area and those are the two things, and all I'm telling you guys tonight, the way that you stay motivated, because some of you are going, it's going to be very hard to walk towards that gap. I'm telling you right now that Ryan is making it so hard on two guys right here. And I'm not saying that to be funny. It takes humility to be patient. It takes humility to, to, to maybe love people that not everybody else is like patient enough to love. And they're kind enough to step towards Ryan in this moment. And that's what humility does, students. Now, we're gonna, I'm going to show you, a, we've got one more video we're going to watch before we close in worship. This isn't about, this isn't a video regarding a student that is getting it 100% right. But what you're going to hear her say is, I'm, I just am... I recognize how much God has moved in my life, and it makes me want to move in the life of others. And that's the other part of this gap challenge. And we're going to pray. We're going to watch this. God, Father God, I just ask, Lord, again, that you grow in us a passion for a mission that will come from you. And Father, the type of mission that our hearts need is one that matters to others. Pray that in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hi, my name's Kenzie. I put my hope in volleyball and sports and trying to be the best that I could be and realizing that I wasn't always the best and trying to fit in because there's so much pressure on you when you're, there's so many coaches and they just have high, expe high expectations and just really like trying to not be myself. Just like having a twin and her being a lot better than me, um, just like, and I didn't really have a good relationship with her while we were like fighting for positions and stuff. So um, just like always comparing myself to my sister or always being compared to her was hard for me because they always asked me like, why aren't you good enough? Why aren't you better? 
So it was kind of like after Nick Gellman passed away. So like we were always best friends with like, we had a group of people and he was part of that group and he was a bit, really big impact on me and Taylor. And we just started coming to church here. And then like the first time we came to Element, we were so nervous. We just like sat in the back and didn't know like who to talk to or what to do. So we just sat there. And then when they told us to go to groups, we were like, what? And yeah, it was really interesting. And then we liked it. So we just kept coming back and then I felt more comfortable. So then we just, I just like felt like home, I guess. Just how he's always with you and you never know who could be struggling and just like giving it all to him really like changed it, I guess. So it started like me and my sister would never talk and she would always ask me why and I just, I didn't know. And then I would shut myself out from her, I guess, and my other family. And then um, I just, coming here has been so different, like just like changing my relationship with my sister. Like we talk all the time and come here together and we talk about it. Finding my hope in Jesus has really changed the way I feel about myself and um, the way I compare myself to others. I don't do necessarily as much anymore. God is changing me in like so many different ways. Like I've brought people here. I've told them about Jesus, like even going to FCA and praying like that was different for me, like never prayed before. <laughs> and um, I just always tell myself to give myself to God and not worry about what other people think of me or what they're wearing or what they look like or how I should look. My name's Kenzie and I put my hope in Jesus. <laughs> There was a guy in scripture that had reason to boast. Uh, scripture said that he was a man after God's own heart, and I feel like if someone had reason to boast, it would be King David. He had slain giants, he had led a, a mighty nation. And I wanna close tonight, before our last song, I wanna close with this prayer from the heart of David. And I'm just gonna read out of Psalm 51. And uh, if you would just bow your heads, and I want you to hear these words. Father God, don't look too close at me for blemishes. Give me a clean bill of health. God, make a fresh start in me. Shape a Genesis week from the chaos that is my life. Don't throw me out with the trash or fail to breathe holiness into me. Bring me back from gray exile. Put fresh wind in my sails. Give me a job teaching rebels your ways so that the lost can find their way home. Commute my death sentence, God, my salvation, God, and I'll sing anthems to your life-giving ways. Unbutton my lips, dear God, I'll let loose with your praise. Going through the motions doesn't please you. A flawless performance is nothing to you. I learned God worship when my pride was shattered. Heart-shaped lives ready for love don't for a moment 
escape God's notice. With your eyes closed, consider this. God is not asking you to get it perfect. He is asking you to move towards that brokenness. Nehemiah didn't know how. Kinsey didn't know how. It's very likely that you don't know how. He is just saying, move. Thanks for joining Element. To find out more, go to thirdcitychristian.org backslash students. <laughs>